Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. Hey guys, welcome back to Records of the Republic, episode 43, I believe. Does that sound correct? Uh, What is it? The Rise of Opinions, the Opinions of Skywalker. Ooh, I like the Opinions of Skywalker. That's the one. I feel like that's That's a fitting end. Guys, we are finishing (laughs) up our our movie ratings that we've been doing, our opinion series, as we've been marching through in... uh, chronological order the star wars movies from phantom menace to rise of skywalker tonight is the culmination the the bookend we are finishing up with rise of skywalker as always my name is wade and i am one quarter portion of records of the republic and join with me tonight is kevin kevin how are you doing man i'm good i'm good it's i have had a very very long week Next week is going to be equally as long, so I'm looking forward to the weekend to get some rest and catch up, but I've had a lot going on at work, lots of uh, personnel changes that are creating work for me, Sure, but temporary. Um, it's cold. It's very, very cold here. It, it got, it, they te- it teased us a little bit. We had a couple of days in like the 40s, and I think it even touched 50 mm-hmm. and now it's back down in the teens and it's just, I don't know. I don't know why this has to happen. I'm a little jealous, not necessarily about the teens. Cause I know that's, that's frigid, uh, especially for us, North Carolina folk, but we've been like in the sixties kind of off and on. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I, I like it to be cold. Like I, I like when I go out and work cause I'm working outside all day. I like to be able to have to wear a jacket. Like I like for it to be cold enough to require a jacket. 60 degrees for a guy my size, that's not jacket weather. That is short sleeve. That's nice. If I could wear shorts, I would be wearing shorts to do my job because it's it's just – it's not jacket weather for me. It is nice. No question about it. Like it's perfect. Like I'm going to stroll through the park with my family, you know, that kind of weather. It's perfect for that. Yeah. But when I'm out working and moving constantly and crawling under houses and in attics and everything, like I really, really, really want it to be cold. So I'm a little bummed out that it's kind of warmed up a little bit. Um, I know next week we're going to drop back down lows being in the twenties and highs being in like the fifties, but it's just warming up a little too quickly for my liking. Interesting. Well, uh, I'm sorry for you. That's okay. I'm also sorry for me. But yeah, it's been cold. It's not. It's Thursday, the day after Valentine's Day. Yes, it is. Uh, when we're recording this, I had a good one. Um, we don't really go too crazy here, but we always kind of like make a, a basket for it. me. Me and my wife make a basket for each other, yeah. and she really did a good job this year. She got me a, a Han and Leia themed card, and uh, even wrote some Star Wars stuff in there, which was really. She's not. She's not a Star Wars person, so right. it was. It was really sweet. And she really came through. So last year, 
I I'm not really a big collector, but you know, for those that don't really know, I like Funkos. Right. Collecting is expensive, and I don't really have a lot of expendable money most of the time. But Funkos are pretty affordable, mm-hmm. um, for the most part. And so last year, I had made an offhand comment. It was actually after a conversation with Alex. Miss you, Alex. Wish you were here. Um, <laughs> We were talking about last year's Valentine's Day themed Funkos, which uh, look them up. They're really cool. You know, they, some of the Star Wars ones were, were interesting. They were, they were pink, like the pink ones where they were holding like the box of chocolates or something like that, yeah. right? I thought they were cool looking. They were I wanted different. the Obi-Wan Kenobi one. Yeah. And so um, we were walking through Walmart one day. Sometimes we just, as a family, get out of the house. We go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were going through the Valentine's Day aisle, and I saw this year's. Now, I don't think that there are a ton. I think the only ones that I've seen are Han and Leia. Yeah. Um, but they're like chocolates. They're like chocolate Funkos. And so she had picked up the Han one for me. So I'll have to get the Leia one to complete it. Um, but really, really, I had just, I pointed it out and she ended up getting it for me. It looks pretty nice. good too. It does. Yeah. Like it, it looks pretty clean. And I like how they do like different pieces are accented by like whether it's dark chocolate or milk chocolate or white chocolate to kind of give yeah. some some difference in coloring. So I thought that was pretty creative. You know, I felt that way about the I did the Disney Funko advent calendar this year, and I felt that ah. way about a lot of those very detailed. You know, you, you can look at them and find different details and uh, pieces that they added to it. So right. Good on Funko. Yeah, that's a pretty cool one. Um, I I saw, I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw that they're going to be releasing a Valentine's Day Mandalorian Black Series figure. Interesting. Which is really weird, (laughs) if you're asking. I don't don't know. I mean, like, Funko, I can kind of get it because they do all kinds of other holiday stuff. And and I guess Black Series does, too, for at least for Christmas. But I I don't really see myself wanting a, a pink Mandalorian figure to put up anywhere for, for Valentine's day. Granted, we don't really decorate much for Valentine's day to begin with. You know, it's usually the major holidays, you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, that's about, and then Easter, you know, we'll decorate for it. And that's about it. Sometimes St. Patrick's day, depending on how Irish I'm feeling. But well, I didn't realize Irish was a feeling. uh, It's not, I am, there is a lot of Irish in me. Um, I just, I don't always feel like going all out decorating. We still do the, like we do the corned beef and potatoes and cabbage and, you know, so good Guinness and all that fun stuff. But sometimes I'm just not feeling like decorating the house. It's really up to Penny as to whether she wants the house to look green or not. But well, I'm glad you had a good Valentine's day. We did too. Um, Penny and I have a tradition that I started and she, wasn't really upset when I did it. She kind of laughed at it. And so I kept it going actually up until this year. Um, I used to work overnight shifts at one of the hotels I worked at as a manager out in Arizona. And when we were dating, the I worked that night and I had worked the day before at my other job. So I didn't really have a lot of time to get her stuff and stuff like that. So I got off of work at Hilton around like seven o'clock in the morning, something like that. Stopped by Fry's, which is the local Southwest version of Kroger. Um, and you know, of course it's the 15th, so they have all of their stuff on sale already. So I picked up flowers, a box of chocolate, a stuffed animal, brought them home to her. And she's like, wait, you know, that was yesterday. And I was like, 
yeah, but I work overnight, so it's kind of like Valentine's Day. And she was like, sure, whatever. Give me the chocolates. And she 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 was happy because it was chocolate, you know. So every every time since that point on, every year we've been together, I've done the same thing. I don't get her anything on the 14th, and I've gotten her something on the 15th. And she always comments on it, like I mean, constantly. And so this year I actually shook her up, and like a week ago I bought her a box of chocolates and brought them home and said – this is in advance. I paid full price. You're not getting anything else. <laughs> she was like, I paid full price. <laughs> she was like, well, you did surprise me this year. So good on you. <laughs> I was like, yes, um, man, you know how to make a girl feel special. <laughs> we have a great relationship, man. <laughs> but I did end up getting, I went to, uh, uh, what was it called? I went to Walmart yesterday and still got her some goodies, you know, put together a little gift bag and a card and everything. And, and I, I told her not to shop for me because I don't like when, you know, people shop for me for the most part. But they had a box of the old-fashioned sour cream glazed donuts. And so I bought that. And, uh, dude, they're so good. If you haven't tried them. Sour cream glazed donuts. Yeah, I, I know. It sounds weird. The title sounds weird, but it's not. Like, it, they're really, really, really good. Um, If you see them in the store, try them. But I bought a box of those. And... She came home with the kids last night, and she walked in, and she saw the little gift in the card, and she's like, oh, is this for me? I didn't know you were getting it. I thought we weren't getting anything. And I was like, oh, no, you got me something. And she was like, what? What? And I was like, yeah, you got me You got me exactly what I wanted for Valentine's Day. And she was like, I, I didn't get you. And I was like, yeah, I did. Or, yeah, you did. And she goes, all right, well, what did you? What did I get you? And so I there pulled out go. the box of donuts, and she's like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Well, happy Valentine's Day. And I said, yeah, it's a, it's a great Valentine's. So it's a good time. Romance. I nail it when it comes to romance, man. Nobody knows how to romance you better than you. That's right. <laughs> well, I got I got to pick out like all my, she was like, what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, honestly, do you want me to like send you everything I want? Or do you want me to just go out and buy it? And she was like. Honestly, here's your spending limit. Just go out and get what you want. So <laughs> I got Black Series figures because I knew no one else was going to get me Black Series figures. And, of course, if I sent them to her, I knew she would buy them. But I was just like, you know what? It's less wrapping because I wrap all of the gifts anyway. Like, she doesn't wrap any of the gifts. I, I, I'm a big gift wrapper. I love doing all that. So I was like, I'll just pick out what I'm going to get. You don't have to wrap anything. We don't have to worry about it. I can open it when I get home, play with it, put it on the shelf. That'll be perfect. And so that worked out really well. (laughs) Well, you have to, you have to play with it a little bit, you know, figure out what kind of pose you want it to be in, make sure it's arms bending properly and it's knees are bending at the joints. I don't, I don't want any, I don't want any figures with like torn ACLs or rotator cuff issues. You know, I want to make sure they got full range of motion. Um, You take care of your figures. (laughs) That's right. Um, But yeah, so it was a good Valentine's day. It's been a rough week. Good. It's it's been a very yeah. very rough week. Um, I feel that. But I did have something interesting happen. Got to a customer's house over the weekend, and I got out of the truck. First thing I noticed, I'm looking at the roof. There's a squirrel with an acorn in its mouth, and I said, "Huh, you're not supposed to be up there." And I start talking to him. I'm glad the customer didn't have cameras because <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like, "You're not supposed to be there. I think you should come down." And so he he runs up a little further up. And I go, ah, oh, that's the wrong direction. I said, you need to come down from there. 
And he goes up to the very top where at the peak where the roof kind of meets each other on either side of the peak. And there's this uh, thing called a ridge vent or ridge cap that goes on top. And essentially it's to let the air escape from the attic. So the attic just isn't just an oven. Yeah. Um, but those tend to be great entry points for squirrels. Sure enough, he gets right to the edge of that, that ridge vent. And I, I told him not to do it because I told him we were going to get his butt if we did. And he did it. He didn't listen to me. He ran right in. And so I go inside and I talk to the customer and I'm like, hey, I'm here to do your service. Uh, just so you know, I'd like to get in the attic if you'd be okay with that. And uh, she was like, oh, what's going on? And I said, well, I just watched a squirrel uh, get in to your attic. And she was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I said, no, the worst part is I told him not to do it. And <laughs> she, she, she laughed and said, okay, well, I'll let you get up there. I'm not going in there. And I said, I don't blame you. So I got in there and Sure enough, I can hear the squirrel. They, they had a split-level attic, and they don't have stairs or a ladder to get up to that second level. So he was just out of reach. Like, I couldn't actually get to him, um, but I could hear him. And it was driving me nuts because I'm like, I know you're in here. I can hear you chewing on that nut. You're just having a great time, but you're not going to be for long. We're going to get you. And so we're working on getting that taken care of, doing some trapping and uh, sealing everything up. So that was that was an exciting. I, I I don't think I've ever talked to a squirrel before, but now I know they don't speak Wade. So I gotta say though, if if I needed pest control, that's the kind of person that I would want taking care of. <laughs> talking to the talking to the animals. I told her. I said, "Listen, I tried to talk him out of it. I said, you know, this isn't a good deal for you. This can't end well. And uh, you know, he was stubborn and didn't listen. So." That's the yeah. first line of defense. I always tell the bugs and, and rodents and critters to leave the house alone, and they'll be left alone. And if they don't want to listen to the verbal warning, it's bang, bang, you know? I'm, I'm going for it. So That's true. You're I, just doing your due diligence. That's right. You know? I, I'm trying to give them a chance. That's why I always tell people. Honorable. I, I do the same thing with spiders. We, we go around and knock down spider webs around the house and everything with a broom. And anytime I find a spider on the web... I'll knock him off the web and everything and, you know, try and remove him and put him out on the bush out in the yard or something like that. And I'll, I'll tell him, Hey, you're better off staying here. Cause next time I see you on the house, you're, you're gone. And, uh, yeah. sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't, you know, but they're going to learn one way or another. Survival of the fittest. That's right? right. You evolve or you, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough of that talk news. Let's get to news. Um, don't have too much to talk about tonight. We did get some new episodes of Young Jedi Adventures released yesterday. About five or six new episodes, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. Gene and I sat down last night and watched a couple of them. Uh, they're good. Um, it's been really cool. You know, we I talked about it in our Facebook group a little bit. Um, it's been really cool to see like some of the tie-ins that they've started doing with some of the books, the High Republic era books. Um, so that's been really cool to see, and the show as a whole is entertaining. Like, I think I was just as excited to see the new episodes as Gene was, partially because new Star Wars is new Star Wars, so I'm just excited to see new stuff. But I find the High Republic uh, Young Jedi Adventure show to be entertaining. I think the characters are fun, and of course I play with the Lego sets with Gene and everything. Um, so I like them. I think they're 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 fun, and it's... Sure beats the snot out of like Jake and the Neverland Pirates or or uh, Little Einsteins Careful. or whatever. That stuff drives me nuts. You don't know what's good. Have you watched the Young Jedi Adventures? 
A little bit, yeah. Well, if you don't like them, I'm not saying it's bad. It's great. It gets better too. But there are other good shows out there. I'm not saying Bluey's there aren't. Top notch. Bluey is fantastic. Bluey is like pinnacle of kids shows. Like, no yeah. question about it. I, I I give that to Bluey. I love Bluey. Every time new episodes get released, um, I, I get super excited because I I love Bluey. Um, but High Republic's better than a lot of the other stuff that's out there. The not High Republic, but you know, Young Jedi Adventures. I knew what you were saying. Yeah, it's better than a lot of the other stuff that I'm forced to watch sometimes. Um, Gene's been on a, he's either on a Star Wars kick where he wants to watch, uh, Young Jedi Adventures or a Blippy kick. He, he loves Blippy and Blippy is okay sometimes, but like after an episode, I'm ready to move on and Gene will sit. The best thing about Blippy is that Gene will sit down and shut up for a little while. And I know that sounds harsh, but yeah, it's the know, best part. Man, when you just can't get them to stop and you just need a second to for yourself, you throw Blippy on. <laughs> like that's that's my go to. Like, hey, I just need you to sit still for a little bit while I deal with this migraine <laughs> and then I'll get back to Miss Rachel in yeah. my house. Miss Rachel was the case for a while, but then he discovered Blippy and it shifted. Well, you know they did a collab. Yes. Have you seen that? I've seen that's that good. and the uh I like I, some of the Blippy Mika crossovers are fun. Um, they're not too bad, but I, I, I think I just heard five our five listeners snoring. <laughs> probably. <laughs> anyway, if you guys have kids, introduce them to Young Jedi Adventures because I I think it's a fun show. Um, it's been pretty entertaining at least so far. Let's see any other news that we had to cover that we wanted. You wanted to talk a little bit about your book, which you switched. You switched yeah. books, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's not really something that I try to do, uh, but I was reading book one of the old uh, EU Jedi Academy series. Yeah, and it's not that I didn't like it, but um, I just wanted something different. I had talked about on a previous episode how the Luke stories were super compelling and I was really interested in them. Right. But you know, those books switch back and forth, right? Like you do one chapter with one character or group of characters that are together. And then the next chapter is the next group or the next character. And so the Luke chapters I love, but then it would switch over to the Han chapters. And it's not that I didn't like those, but it was just way too similar to um, the trilogy that I just finished, which was about him being taken prisoner and how he escapes. Right. And that's exactly what was happening in, in this trilogy. So I was like, well, I've been reading this book for like a month and a half and I'm not even a hundred pages in. It's not cause I don't have time. Like right. I keep saying that it's not cause I don't have time. It's because I just don't feel compelled to read it. So I'm going to pick it up at a later date. Like maybe when there's more distance and I'm like interested in, in a Han story like that. So I put it back on the shelf for a little bit. Um, Still, still was like it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to it. But I decided to pick up Darth Plagueis, um, the James Luceno book, yeah. which is, it is considered Legends, but um, I think it's one of those things where it hasn't been decanonized like by current canon, right? Um, so there's nothing that contradicts um, it right now. Yeah. So I've been reading it for a few days, and I'm, I'm already pretty much where I was in the other book because it's just so so good so far and i love the sith you know so um getting more sith content is always great 
which I, I I'm going to eat my words later when we talk about Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> but um, I love Sith, and and this is just so far prime. It's, it makes it, me want to read the Bane trilogy. Oh, now that's encouraging. The Bane trilogy is really good. Yeah. Um, it makes me want to go back and read those. Really, all which I probably will. All of the old Republic era, because I think there are a total of seven if you include the Bane trilogy. Um, because there's a Rev, there's Revan, uh, Annihilation, um, and I'm spacing on the other two, but there are a total of seven, and they're all really good, and they all ser- focus around uh, the Jedi and Sith wars, um, essentially yeah. around those kinds of the conflicts between the Jedi and the Sith orders. Um, very, very fascinating, and very. That's one of the reasons I loved it so much, and I think Darth Bane is probably my favorite. Sith, at least in Legends content, um, because it's just it's there's so much more that goes into what the who the Sith are. You know, we don't explore too much of that. You know, they're always like very back scenes. You know, Clone Wars I think expanded on that a little bit, um, and even Rebels potentially to a, to an extent. You know, the movies don't really. The Sith are these very secretive, behind the scenes, we're still trying to figure out who they are kind of thing. And obviously us as the viewer, we know. But, you know, the whole point of it is to kind of keep it a mystery. Um, But in the EU, they expound on that so much. Like who the Sith are, what the Order is, you know, why they ended up switching from, you know, being a huge Order to the Rule of Two and stuff like that. It's just very fascinating. Um but yeah, that is a fantastic book. I loved that book. Um, I have currently been... So I have read the first four Fate of the Jedi series books. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, they... I try not to let them influence my opinion on the sequel trilogy. And we've talked about this before. Just because mm-hmm. these stories are really compelling and really, really good. And... You know, I do feel like it was a miss, but, you know, not to use them, I mean. But, you know, fantastic book so far. Still worth a read, even if you even if you don't, you know, if you're – especially I would say to the people who are like, the sequels are the best Star Wars movies out there. I'm happy you feel that way. Do, do yourself a favor and read these books just so you can see the perspective of other fans that have been around potentially longer than you and grew up with this being all of the post return of the Jedi order or post return of the Jedi content we get um, yeah. regarding Luke Han Leia Chewie all those characters um, just because I think it'll it'll help you understand I have no problem with people that defend the sequels like crazy I have no problem with it and I understand it. Like, this is their Star Wars to an extent. Even some of the older generations that are like, this is great storytelling. I have no problem with that. But I think it makes sense to, if nothing else, expand your knowledge of Star Wars and what exists out there. Just so you can kind of understand other perspectives on it. Um, So, fantastic series. But I stopped mid-series. So I just finished book four, like, at the beginning of the week. And mm-hmm. I have not started book five because there are nine of them total. So I'm almost halfway through. But I decided to go ahead and rework through Dark Disciple, which is the Clone okay. Wars era uh, book that a lot of people have been talking about online recently because 
it kind of covers why, you know, there's been a lot of chatter about season three Bad Batch trailer showing Asajj Ventress. There's con- not necessarily concern, but there's a lot of interest there as to her showing up and how she shows up in the show because of what happens in Dark Disciple. Uh, right. And second read through, fantastic. It's it's a very entertaining book. Everything about the book screams Clone Wars. I mean, the way it reads through, it, it very much feels like a six to eight episode arc of Clone Wars. Um, the way the characters interact, some of the references, like uh, Cody makes a, 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 a reference back to Slick, who was, I don't know if you remember, there's an episode of Clone Wars where um, Obi-Wan and Anakin are, you know, they've got their clones at their base, and they're struggling to figure out why the Separatists are able to basically stop them at every turn. And it turns out that there's a clone trader feeding information to Asajj, Ventress, and the Separatists, so they have to go get uh, Asajj while... Cody and Rex figure out who the traitor is and try and capture him and his name's Slick. Well, they make a reference to that specific arc in this book. And they make a couple other references like that too where you're like, oh, I know what that is because I've watched Clone Wars. So it it very much, you can tell like this story arc was definitely made specifically for Clone Wars. And for whatever reason, they went with a different arc in, I think it was season six that we were supposed to get it. Which, the arc there ended up being really good. But fantastic book. Fantastic. I'm almost done with it again. And it has been just incredible. I absolutely love it. So highly, highly. I'd like to read it. It's it's well worth the read. Four point five out of five stars for me. I mean it's a it's a very good book. Um I think that's it for announcements. We do have Bad Batch Bingo going on. Um haven't seen any responses yet. We did post about it on Twitter. So if you guys hear this before the end of next Tuesday, fill out a Bad Batch bingo sheet and turn it in. You can DM it to us on Twitter, or you can email it to us at recordsoftherepublic at gmail.com. The rules are very simple. have to have at least seven unique predictions. Um, you have to have, none of the predictions can be things that we've seen in trailers so far, or leaked clips. So, you know, uh, Omega talks to Crosshair between cells. Yeah, you can't you can't say that because we saw the leaked clip. Um, you know, stuff like that can't have predictions on. But you can have predictions on you know, uh, Asajj Ventress shows up in a flashback scene. You know, something like that. It can't be Asajj Ventress shows up because we know she shows up from the trailer. We don't know the context of it, so you can tweak the context. So it has to be seven unique. Uh, pr- uh, predictions it has to um, not be something we've seen in the trailers and you cannot have the same answer listed twice in a bingo slot so it can't be a diagonal can't be a vertical can't be a horizontal you do have to have unique answers for each of those middle space is a free space of course we're going to give that to you and if anyone gets a blackout where they get all of the answers, all the squares filled out by the end of the season, there will be a massive prize for that that winner. But the person who wins it is going to receive something tech-related um, that I think will be uh, a great way to honor his sacrifice in Season 2. So we are excited to be doing this. Kevin, you backed out of a 
uh, a deal with me. A yeah, wager. I'm not wagering anything. So I made a wager with you Alex. Keep putting pressure on it. <laughs> I know you keep talking about you. I know you're trying to get me to do it. I'm not. Doing no, no, no. I'm not trying to get you. I, I know you've moved on. I've already made a wager with Alex <laughs> this time. Um, so Alex has has made a bet with me, and we will see who ends up getting a bingo first or the most squares. Uh, if neither of us gets a bingo, <laughs> like happened in Mando. Um, but yeah. so that's going on. Fill out those bingo sheets, send them in. The prizes are going to be fun. We're going to be kind of going over answers as we go through um, different episodes of Bad Batch. So it was fun when we did it with Mando. We had a few different entries, and that was a lot of fun. So we'd love to see you guys send those in and uh, and give us some some fun sheets to to judge. Um, I think that's it for any news topics we need to cover. So with that, let's move on to the opinion of Skywalker. I love that name. Should it be opinion or opinions? The opinion of Skywalker? I don't know. Have we been doing plural for the rest of the... I don't think so. I think think it's been opinion. Yeah. No, yeah, so we'll no, I it. think the I think that one was the Force opinions. I don't think it was. I'll no, the right opinion now. awakens. I'm gonna look. I'll I'll pull it up right now. I think it was the opinion awakens, and then the last opinion. Yeah, it's um the last opinion. The opinion awakens. Yeah, we it, we've been doing singular. Okay, so the opinion of Skywalker. Also. Real quick, Kevin, I don't know if you've noticed this. It's been driving me nuts. Uh, on Twitter, we consistently get like followers each day, and somehow we have not been able to break 400. Like, I don't know what keeps happening, but people are unfollowing here and there, or accounts are getting deleted or deactivated or something. Something's going on, but we just broke 400. I've been, I've been pushing for this for Sweet. a while. We just broke 400. So <laughs> awesome. that means we have 400 Twitter friends. I don't call them. I don't want to call them followers. I want to call them friends. You know, we've got 400 Twitter friends that interact with us. So that was kind of exciting. That's anyway, cool. yeah. the, the opinion of Skywalker. So as always, we judge these movies on five different categories, characters, music, effects, plot, overall entertainment. All of these categories are scored out of five stars for a grand total potential score of 25. Um, anything you want to cover before we get into characters? No, let's do this. I'm right. excited. Kevin, what did you give The Rise of Skywalker uh, for characters? It may be my lowest score for this section of any of the movies. I gave it a 3.4. Ah, Uh, okay. All right. Much like how I felt about The Last Jedi, it's very hot and cold. There are things that I really, really like. Sure. But I I found that the things that I didn't like, I really didn't like. Oh, Um, okay. I, which is different than The Last Jedi. The things that I didn't like, I kind of put up with them. Right. Um, to start off, I loved the exchange and the beat. The sequel trilogy has some of the best openings. Like they are just all three strong openings in my opinion. And so this one was cool with, with Kylo on Mustafar. Um, but fast forward like two, three minutes to the Falcon and 
Chewie, Poe, and Finn yeah. are, uh, are <laughs> and Chewie's just winning, and they're like, you're cheating, aren't you? No, 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 sorry, sorry, you're not cheating, you're just, you're very good at this, you're 250 years old, you're very good, and then he walks away, and they're like, he was cheating. It's, it's so funny. And Finn's like, totally. I that... yeah, I... yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, continue. It's just, it's, I love stuff like that. Um, and I loved in this movie how everybody from start to finish was just not having anything to do with 3PO. <laughs> everybody was just so annoyed with him from start to finish. Um, there was one scene. There was one scene where they were all like, ah, oh, maybe we've been jerks. Where you can yeah, see it, where you can see it in their faces. Proving the point. <laughs> was, they just bully him the whole time. It was Even so Ray good. Was <laughs> um, I thought they did a great job with Leia. Yep. It was it was well done. It didn't look bad. You got Babu Frick, Dio. <laughs> yeah. Great characters. Um. All right. So, but here's where I, even Lando. You know, that was a cool, unexpected, right. more of a cameo, I guess, but not not. He was in more than one scene. Um, some of the things I didn't like, I've always thought Zori Bliss was cool. And I still think that she's a cool character, but it's just another example where I feel like they just throw a character in sure. to fill in part of the story that just so that they can keep it moving and give them screen time and expect that you just care about this character. Right. I don't, I, I don't, you know, I don't care about it. It's almost how I feel about Rose. I don't, they gave me no reason to like Rose. And I get it. You can't tell everything about every single character. And, you know, sometimes you do just have to introduce a new character, but sure. I just, I found myself watching this. I watched it today. Um, thinking this isn't compelling. I don't care about this character. It just seems like they threw her in because they needed to move the story along. Um, Finn, I think <laughs> at the end when I don't remember exactly what the line was, but he said something and, and she was like, how do you know? He goes, I can feel it. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, but it's way too late. Like yeah. we're at the end of the, the movie. This would have been cool in the last Jedi. You know, uh-huh. you're clearly indicating like he can feel it. He force sensitive. It's too late. Right. Like you might as well have not done it. Yeah. I just I, I I hated that. Especially since uh, we didn't get any of that in the Last Jedi. Yeah, it it just it felt like a throw-in. Yes, and it's it's how I feel about this movie as a whole. Mm-hmm. It I said it on our Facebook post. Um, I felt like this movie was just it set out to undo a lot of what was done in the Last Jedi, and it just I wasn't or, a fan of some of it, or to fill in blanks or try to fix things about the last Jedi that weren't congruent with the force awakens. Sure. Sure. It, it was almost like you had JJ tell his story in the force awakens. Yep. And then you had Ryan tell his story. And then JJ comes back and is like, no, no, this is my story. I'm going to yep. go back. And it's just, I didn't like it. Yeah. It um, felt very disjointed. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like a good story, um, but it had good elements. Like Ben's return, I thought was really cool. I love that whole that whole exchange. Um, Ray's journey—it's a good classic journey of temptation and overcoming temptation, which is not something that we haven't seen in Star Wars. But right. What did you give it? 
I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Close, yeah. Um, Ray, I liked in this movie. Uh, not that I disliked her in other movies, but, you know, about a year or so has passed since um, uh, The Last Jedi ending, um, from what I've read. And so, you know, you get her training and everything, and I, I like initially I, I wasn't a huge fan of the whole force healing stuff and the force lightning and, and all, but the more I think about it, you know, if she's been spending that whole year just dedicated to training and reading the, the ancient texts and, you know, all of this and that, I, I, I don't have as much issue as with it as I did originally. Um, I don't know if, if some of my original issue was just <laughs> so much of my frustration with the last Jedi pouring into my feelings with this movie. Um, but there were a lot of things that I had issue with initially when I watched it that I'm looking back on it and I'm like, I, I didn't really, that didn't bother me all that much. So Ray, Ray was great. I thought through pretty much the whole thing, didn't have any issues with her. Um, absolutely freaked the heck out the first time I watched it. And I, obviously this doesn't have anything to do with this viewing cause I know what happened. But when I thought Chewie died, I lost it. When yeah. I remember being in the movie theater and I bawled, <laughs> I was so freaking pissed. I, I was, I was like, there's no way. And she did it accidentally. That's what makes it even worse. Cause it's like, he didn't like heroically sacrifice himself or, you know, he wasn't murdered in cold blood. It was just like, and I think that's one of the reasons I was really angry about the force lightning stuff too. Cause I was like, what the heck did you use that just to kill him? Like that, that, <laughs> I was so, so angry. And I have to admit this viewing, this viewing of this movie also makes a lot more sense. Um, cause a lot of puzzle pieces are filled in when you've read the shadow of the Sith book. Um, so, which I had read a while back and there were a lot of things that as I'm working through this movie, I'm like, okay, I recognize that that makes sense. It was explained. I think for a movie to stand on its own, it shouldn't need a book to fill in gaps in my opinion. Um, at least some of the major gaps. Like, I, I think this movie had enough major gaps that, you know, it had to have that book to fill in some of the information. I think part of that was also because of the disconnection between the three movies as a whole. Um, they had to, they had to fill in some of these gaps somewhere. Obviously we were going to get some content for pre sequel trilogy anyway, but a lot of things made way more sense after reading that book. Um, so I, I had that knowledge going into the viewing uh, that kind of helped me as well. Um, yeah. But Chewie, I thought we lost him, and then I saw him, and I, you know, breath of fresh air. I had to wipe the tears away and make sure no one was staring at me because half the people weren't sobbing like I was. I mean, I was, I was so pissed. But going into this, I wasn't upset because I knew he didn't die, so that didn't bother me too much. Uh, great twist, I will say. That was a, that, yes. you know going under plot i know that's later on but that was a great twist i I, that that one got me it it really got me um the only thing i didn't like about ray's character was the stupid run jump over the tie fighter i have words about that later it made no sense to me but i have words about that later everything else everything else about ray i liked kylo um i have mixed feelings about him because at the okay. beginning, I thought he was a really compelling – like, this was full-blown Kylo. He's not putting up with crap anymore. This is the villain I expected, not the whiny teenage – you know, the whiny boy, not teenage boy, but, you know, whiny young adult 
that's trying to figure out where he stands. And no, he was, he, he's locked in. Like he, he is ready to go. And then he gets stabbed by Ray and then healed by Ray. And there's this switch when, when Leia dies. And it's like, I, I was, I liked the, I liked how they brought him back to the light using Han, you know, this memory and kind of the, the connection we had to the force awakens there. And, you know, him saying, I know what I must do, but I don't know if I have the strength or something to that effect. You know, I, I liked how they did that. I just wish they hadn't done it. That that's ultimately where I stand on it. Just because for the first time through these three movies, I actually felt like we had a compelling villain, but he couldn't be the compelling villain because Palpatine returned. I mean, somehow. I think I think yeah, somehow. I which ironically, I didn't have an issue with that line because just like a couple lines later, he's like the the one guy that, uh, Mary from Lord of the Rings is basically like, um, you know, cloning Sith science, you know, things that we don't have knowledge of. All right, yeah, that kind of explained it, and all right, fine. But I felt like Kylo was stepping into his own as a villain. And he just defeated Snoke. We didn't need Palpatine back at this point because you're going to write a completely different story at this point. We don't need Palpatine. Kylo is the villain. This is the guy you have to defeat. That's that's what I, I really wanted from him. And instead we got this Vader-esque at the end of it, you know, the Jedi is facing Palp- or uh, Palpatine and won't strike him down. Uh, and then we get the bad guy who has love for the good guy turns over, sacrifices themselves. You know what? It was very return of the Jedi ask in that, in that regard. And so there was just a lot of like, ah, more repeat. Like we got a lot of unique stuff leading up to that where I didn't feel like it was return of the Jedi. Like I, I looked for similarities because I got so many similarities out of the first two movies. I looked for the similarities and to me, they weren't quite there. You know, I didn't get the feeling that I got, you know, watching the other two. But at the end, it was like, ah, there we go. There it is. You know? So it was just, it, to me, that was a little disappointing. Um, Ray and, and Ben's kiss as characters, I, I didn't feel that. I know they're a dyad in the Force, and the dyad actually made more sense to me this this viewing. Like, I, I actually yeah. felt like that didn't bother me as much. Um, but the kiss at the end, really? Like, I feel like they had been... Force Awakens had been building up so much between Rey and Finn, and then Last Jedi crapped on that, sort of, but not exactly, because you had the Rose and Finn stuff, but, you know, Finn was doing it for Rey, so he was still trying to get back to that Rey thing, and Rose is kind of like a side chick. And then you get to Rise of Skywalker, and it's just, it's it's almost not, I mean, like, it's very much like Finn's been friend-zoned. Um, but I, I struggled with that, because the kiss made no sense to me. No sense whatsoever. Like, so... Yeah, I agree. But, Babu Frick, fantastic. Uh, the droids were fantastic, as usual. Um, I loved seeing Luke again. Absolutely loved seeing him and having him there. It was I, Luke. His his line was, you know, that's no, you know, that's not how you show respect to a lightsaber or something, you know, whatever. That was like, ah, you know, when I first watched that, I remember thinking that's a dig. That is a dig. Absolutely. 
And I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's JJ having beef with how Ryan did that and all. But I was just like, that that's what I wanted. I needed that. That that helped me. Um cried. I, I did tear up when when Leia died. Again, watching this showing. And part of that's just knowing that she's no longer with us. Um right. but also it, it's a touching scene. And I viewed this differently than when I first saw it because when I first saw it, I wasn't a father. I'm a dad now. And it, it just, it hit my emotions differently than it did. It resonated with me a lot more than it did before. You know, here are two parents that literally have done, are doing everything they can to the point of death to keep their kid on the right path, to save their kid. That, that to me is powerful. So that resonated with me a lot more. Palpatine stuff I thought was kind of worn and, you know, whatever. And the whole, I am every voice that's been inside your head, you know, whatever. I, that was a cool line. I liked hearing Vader's, you know, voice. But I don't think Palpatine was needed for the movie. I really don't. I liked seeing Palpatine, but not enough to say he was necessary. I think he was just, it was it was a, a plot hole plugger, if that if that makes sense. Sure. So now Snoke's gone, and they're not making Kylo the good or the bad guy because he's going to be a good guy. So whatever. So the characters overall were pretty decent, um, especially some of the new characters. Zori, I liked. I would like to get like a comic series of like her, their her early day interactions, working you know their gang with Poe, working the streets with him. I'd love to get some more of that, and maybe they've come out with it, and I don't know about it. Um, but I definitely like to see some more of them. Um, but yeah, characters 3.5 wasn't bad. There were some things that I was not a fan of Knights of Ren again, wasted, super, super wasted. Um, you know, they showed up to be, you know, to have their butts kicked essentially. Um, I think we got to see one initially use the force against Ben and then everyone else was using their weapon at that point. So yeah, eh, whatever. Um, those, those guys seem to be very wasted characters through all, all three movies. Um, if you want good Knights of Ren content, Crimson Rain. Yeah, that's Crimson what I, um, the comic, uh, I get the book and the comic series confused. Whatever the comic series is, has really good Knights of Ren content. I've heard, um, and I've seen little snippets here. Like when people just post like a page or something out of one of the comics, it looks intriguing. So it's definitely something yeah. I want to it's explore. Um, all right, moving on to music. What did you give music? I gave music a 4.2. 4.2, okay. Yeah, I feel like I kind of learned a lesson from The Last Jedi because I don't think I tweeted about it or anything. But uh, after our recording, I decided to listen, like actually listen to it. And I liked it a lot. So if I could go back and, and increase my score for that, I would. Um so for this one, I kind of feel similarly. Sure. Nothing amazing, but as always, it was what I heard when it when it stuck out. It fit, you know. It, the emotions were good, but it, just like just like really with the with the last shot, I no, no songs really stick out to me. Sure. Until the end, the the final battle when all the ships show up and everybody's arriving to the battle. I thought the music choice was absolutely perfect. It. It isn't what I would have expected, but it sure. was it was so well executed. 
I totally forgot. We forgot to read read uh, Dylan's character's That's score. Right. Let's do that real quick. All right. Uh, so he's sticking with his trend of not agreeing with us. Okay. Um, 4.75. Wow. He wow. Says, the characters who have been established work well in this movie, and the cameos felt good, were not overdone. My two major gripes are General Hux and how they killed him off. Ooh. While comical, it felt quite abrupt. I agree with that. Yep. Second gripe was Force Ghost Han. He put, he put it in quotes. Like, he's not saying he's a Force Ghost. He's like, right. Force Ghost? Um, not truly sure if that was supposed to be that way or if it was Ben's inner thoughts, but it felt weird. Um, I have thoughts about that that I will say later. Sure. Um the best character part for for me, for him, were the Jedi of old speaking to Rey and encouraging her to face Sidious. Personal fave is when Kanan speaks and it makes me cry a little. Yep. That was a cool moment. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely, was. definitely agree. So Dylan, real quick, I will address that. Um, in his monologue or dialogue with Han, um, he addresses him and says, you're just a memory. So it is just something going on that he's wrestling with inside his head. They showed us Han to show us that this is what he's wrestling with. Instead of having us guess, you know, just stare at Ben as he stares there, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. They're showing us what's going on in his head. But yeah, it is a memory. That's all. It, and it's just think... direct memory callback from The Force Awakens. So I guess I'll say it now. Do you think that it was influenced by Leia, though? Because they say there's a line that I can't remember who says it, but they said she's calling on all that, all the strength that she has left to bring her son back. And it's happening at the same time. So I'm not saying that it's her, but maybe it's, maybe it's influenced by her. I don't know. It's possible. I think he's realizing that he's losing his mom, which in all fairness, in the last Jedi, that was the thing that kept him from pulling the trigger is his mom in the command center. Um, and his, his wingman essentially shot the torpedoes into the, into the command bridge, but he, he could not bring himself to pull the trigger. So I think, right. you know, there's a possibility that he, she's influencing it. I think what he's, what he's going through right then and there is my mother is, is dying. I've been given a second chance by Ray who just stabbed me and then healed me. Um, and he's wrestling with, cause Ray points out to him, um, you know, I saw myself taking the hand of Ben or something, something to that effect, not addressing Kylo, but addressing Ben. And so I think all of those emotions coming up brings him back to that point where he was struggling in the force awakens with what should he do? What is, what is right? What is wrong? Should he, you know, throw his saber away and claim the light again? And so I, I think that uh, it, it very well may be influenced by Leia. I don't know that she's bringing that memory directly to mind necessarily, but I, I think there's a relation there. Okay. So, um, um, you, go ahead. I was going to see if you wanted me to just read his music while I have it. Yeah, go ahead. Here. What did he give music? All right, so he, he went 3.5. Okay. Um, he said, I feel as though the music was pretty good. No major standout song for me, but felt pretty good compared to the other two movies. So kind of like what what we've been saying. Yeah, I gave it a 3.5 as well. Um, okay. It was very much... I, I have not listened to any of this music by itself 
just because I want to, I, I, I purely want my opinion to be on how the music stands out to me with the movie. Um, there's no question about it. I'm sure that if I listen to the music by itself, I'm going to love the music. But I want to see in the moment, is it standing out to me? Is there any singular piece that really is this a staple for this movie that I'm getting out of it? And I'm not. You right. know, it's good. It's good music. It's great music. I could never do anything close to it. But there wasn't anything that stood out to me. And so that's why, it, you know, it just kind of falls. I would call this the Star Wars average. You know, it's still above average compared to other movies in a lot of ways. But it's the Star Wars average. You know, Star Wars set the bar very high with a lot of their pieces in other movies. And I expected them to do the same with these movies. And so far, they really haven't all that much. So, right, simple 3.5 for me. Uh, effects. Kevin, what did you give it for effects? I gave it a 4.5. Um, I don't okay. have much to say. Just like the rest of the... The sequels, the effects are amazing. You know, it looked there. Yeah. I have no issues with a single thing. You could argue for a higher score because of what they did with Carrie, um, but I think four point five is fair. Great, it's great. I gave it a five. Solid okay. five. Had no complaints. I loved the mix of old and new, as you pointed out on Twitter earlier today. Yeah. I believe that was you. Um, that was me. you know seeing the planet get destroyed. That was really cool because it felt like. Cool. It felt like old Star Wars mixed with new Star Wars, you know. Yep. It was it was kind of like you know seeing puppet Yoda as a Force ghost in the Last Jedi. You know, it it, it fit. It didn't seem like it was out of place, um, in my opinion, in any way. And my favorite effect, which I've talked to multiple Twitter users today on on Twitter, um, the last space battle, where you know Poe's losing hope. And he's like, you know, it's been an honor flying with you guys. I'm sorry. I couldn't do more, you know, yada, yada, whatever. And then Lando's coming out of nowhere on the, on the headset saying, you're not alone. And all of these ships are coming out of hyperspace. And you're like, oh my gosh. And you're like, I'm sitting here picking out that I remember like in the theater sitting there going, oh my gosh, I can't pick out all these different ships and see which ones I recognize. Like most notably, the uh, Millennium Falcon, obviously, but then the Ghost is sitting there right next to them, which was super cool to see. Um, that leads me to assume that Hera, or at least Jason, is flying the ship um, at that point in time. So, super cool to see that. But then you got all these ships coming out of nowhere, and it's like, some of these are old ships, some of these are new ships, and I, I just loved it. Every Anytime a ship lifts off, and some of the scenes with like, um, when they're leaving the resistance base and you see all these ships like lifting out of the leaves and everything out of the trees, the, the scene where Tanta V4 flies out looks so cool. I mean, I, I can't imagine what that would have been like in 3d, um, just the yeah. way it like hovers over and kind of takes a dip and turn and just on the screen, it just looked incredible. I mean, I felt like I remember in the movie theater, I felt like I was there watching it fly over. Like it was just it was incredible to see. Um the effects were fantastic. Um even to the minuscule details of Palpatine's fingers regrowing. Like that was a that was a creepy cool scene to see as he's like sucking the life force out of Ray and, and Ben and he's like gaining all this power and energy again. Um, you know, 
all those little details really were cool. And then my favorite effect of all at the end, ironically, something I originally had issue with is Ray burying the lightsabers and seeing force ghost Luke and Leia standing there. I, I don't cry a lot at rewatching of movies. I teared up seeing that because it is the bookend and it, this time around watching that, it felt like there was closure. Despite my opinions about these sequel movies, I didn't have any issue with it. And I think it was because I saw Luke and Leia standing over there looking down on Ray as she introduced herself as Ray Skywalker. So the effects, that very much, seeing them there, very much played a part into, you know, how I felt about the closure. So the effects were phenomenal. Very well done. Um, and appropriately used all around. Um, what did uh, so Dylan, Dylan give it? Dylan gave him, he, he put a, he gave him 4.5 as well. Okay. Um, I felt that these effects were the best of the series, from Exegol itself to the Starship's awaiting attack. It felt well done, and that attention to detail was focused on in the movie. I think also the lightsaber action felt a little better to watch, and it didn't look like five-year-olds swinging sticks at one another, which I, I agree with. As well. I would agree with that. The choreography looked much better, especially when you look at The Last Jedi, the final fight scene in The Last Jedi, in Snoke's you know, throne room thing. Um, that That choreography was awful. Like people have picked that apart constantly and yeah. no, no discredit to, you know, Daisy Ridley or, or, uh, Adam driver for the work that they put into it, but you can obviously tell some of the choreography is just poor. Um, so, but the fight scene looked better. There were still some things about it, it that cool. I, I wasn't a huge fan of, you know, like some of the, Switching back and forths from reverse grip to, I will say, like, if we're going to go with effects, I love the effects in the opening scene on Mustafar with um, Kylo cutting down the Vader cult followers, essentially, that were guarding the the uh, Wayfinder. That was... Yep. That was super cool. The effects in that, that you know, was great. with the fire and like seeing the slash marks and like where the saber had cut people like that was a cool, cool scene. Um, the only thing that was kind of janky about it was him kind of sliding backwards using the force while his feet stayed still. That, that was a little weird to me, but seeing him using the reverse grip and using the uh, cross guard and stabbing someone and picking him up with it and slamming it. And that was so cool. Like this is the villain I've always wanted. You know, like (laughs) (laughs) this is, this is Kylo at his, at his prime. Um, so yeah, I effects fantastic plot. What did you give the overall plot? So I'm going to start with Dylan because he had some stuff to say. Okay. All Um, right. He went with a two which may be the lowest Ooh. score any of us have given anything. Oh, um, that's harsh. He says, okay, so this movie feels like it takes from another movie that opened the same year. It felt like an Avengers Endgame, which opened in April and Star Wars in December. Makes me wonder if John Favreau was consulted on some of the changes and he was working from it. A couple of examples. Big Bad shows up. Sidious slash Thanos. All in all hope seems lost. Heroes must do the impossible. 
break C-3PO for the coordinates to the Wayfinder, go back in time and get the stones. Hero is confronted with past failure, Kylo killing Han and both his parents' death slash the snap, and Thor struggling with not aiming for the head. And finally, the climax fight, Rey slash Ben versus Sidious, Thor, Cap, and Iron Man versus Thanos. And even the use of cameos felt similarly, Wedge returns, Lando returns, etc. Apologies for the long explanation. No, I, 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 I don't think I agree with all of it, but I don't think they're invalid. Because I, I, I think there has been some genuine concern at this. You got to remember when these movies were coming out, there was a lot of concern that Disney was going to do the same thing that they were starting to do with Marvel in mass producing and just putting out Star Wars movies to put out Star Wars movies, regardless of quality. And as we've seen with Marvel movies, that that mindset has really tanked a lot of Marvel movies in theaters. Yeah. So I, I can I can kind of see where he's coming from. I don't necessarily agree with him on that. Um, but I, I can I can understand his viewpoint on it. I can understand it, but I don't know that I agree with it. I think what he's describing right. is just storytelling, right? Like how else are you gonna end an entire nine movie saga? You know what I mean? Right. So I think there's gonna be some crossovers, but I get it. I mean, I, I don't think it was on purpose. Um, I think that the more valid argument would be it's very similar to Return of the Jedi. I, I agree with you. And I found yeah. myself looking for that just just like it was with the other two movies. And I, I definitely, I have that noted in plot. So I gave it a 2.9. Yeah. Um, I like the overall story. That's low. Kevin, that's low for you. I don't think it you've ever low. given anything under low. three. I don't think so either. Ooh. I didn't... Again, I, I liked a lot of things, but the things that I didn't like, I really, really didn't like. Um, we have some parallels to the, the original trilogy, just like we just talked about. Sure. I don't mind it. Parallelism is just a part of Star Wars storytelling. It always has been. Um, but a couple a couple things that I, I thought were stupid. Um, Finn not knowing what a rocket trooper is. Makes absolutely no sense to me. <laughs> You're telling me you never, fly now, ever... Fly now. I don't care about the dialogue there. I think it should have been flipped. Um, he never heard of it. Like, uh, oh. the spy that was covered earlier. I thought that was lame. Um, yeah. The dagger lining up with the death star ruins. Ah, uh, okay. You're covering all the stuff I had complaints about. <laughs> um, there was one other one that I wanted to cover. Oh, this will be my last point on it because I know you have it, so we can kind of merge our, our two things. Overlap. The yeah, you mentioned it earlier. The scene when Kylo is chasing down Ray and she jumps and, and cuts the the wing off. I remember watching it and I'm like, this is visually really cool, right? Like it, it is. It's like your your badass moment. But I remember watching it today and I'm like, what are we doing here? Yes. Like. Did Ray did Ray think that he was just not Ray? Did Kylo think that he was just going to run her over? And yep. she's just sitting there. All right, let me wait for the right moment. But he's not even close when she starts running, and then she just jumps. Like it was cool. Like it, it looked cool. It felt like one of the. It felt like they did it just because they could. Yep. Like were his blasters inactive? Did he have damage to his ship that caused him to have to decide? Okay, well I'm going to run her over. Like. 
that was that was extremely frustrating because it's like why is she racing the tie fighter like we know who wins that race and then of course you get this huge yeah. explosion at the end and it's like all right well he's not walking oh there he is he's walking out of it what how did he survive that like that was a huge explosion and he's just like ah oh, i'm fine i've got enough yeah. strength and and like power to to fight her for this ship that's flying off when he and it's like dude you just like what no but the whole yeah she's like sitting there watching it and then she turns and she like gets into a running stance and she's like i'm ready and then she like looks over her shoulder and then she's like all right it's almost here and then she's like all right three two one oh, oh. and it's like what are you doing what it was like why? a gatorade commercial like it would be one thing i think what it would have been much better is if kylo goes down and starts like trying to gun her down and she's using the lightsaber to deflect blaster bolts, you know, whatever, trying to dodge him, that kind of thing. And then as he swoops down close range, then she jumps up and does the thing. But why is she running? That made no freaking sense. So getting into my plot score, I gave it a 3.5, which is actually higher than yours. Um, Surprisingly Uh, had some of the same complaints. The dagger thing, seemed weird the whole death star thing seemed weird especially when they end up destroying that wayfinder anyway and she takes kylo's ship like why doesn't he just confront her in like why don't they just have her have him confront her in some form and she defeats him and takes him his ship i i, I don't understand like why why the need for the de- especially when we saw the death star blow up We've seen both Death Stars blow up. There is not that much wreckage left after that explosion. There's no... I, I don't feasibly see that happening. I think that it was just cool. put there. It, it wasn't. It was... The only thing that I liked about any of that was Ray facing Dark Ray. Yeah. I like Dark Ray. I thought that was cool. But, yeah. man, the whole... the The thing with that, though, is it felt like um empire strikes back when luke faces vader and it's like oh it's myself what you know that was the only it's like all right that's worn that's used we've seen that before whatever and there wasn't as much of that going on in this movie but what killed it for me like i i get through the movie and i'm like all right uh pasana is dope i liked it mustafar was dope the whole wayfinder thing exegol whatever those are cool i liked all of that um how did Palpatine have this secret Sith fleet just hiding out in the outer rim? How did Classic. he like, where are the resources coming from for this? Like, it was just like, Oh, this all popped out out of nowhere because we have to have something like this. Yeah. It's like, wh- you didn't though. <laughs> I, I just, I don't understand it. And it was like specifically towards the end of the movie, like everything leading up, to the movie I thought was good. And then the end of the movie just tanked it for me. It got ridiculous. Like, the Death Star was stupid. And then the the getting to Exegol and seeing the Sith fleet, stupid. And it's like, could we not have come up with some more? And then, of course, you get... And that's where, again, with plot, you see at the very end, they do exactly what they did in Return of the Jedi. Like, uh... Palpatine is doing the same exact thing to Rey that he did to Luke and watching the fleet get destroyed. And the only thing that can stop him is her or him, you know, Luke cutting Palpatine down. And it's like, you got to do this 
or your friends die or your family dies or whatever. And it's like, we've done this before. We did this for two movies already. Like, why are we, why can't we pull anything original out? The first half of the movie was great. It was original. It was interesting. And then all of a sudden it goes like, ah, we're just going to pull from old stuff because that's what we've been doing. I, I was very, yep. very disappointed. Um, I'm with you. But I'm I'm giving it a 3.5 because the first half to two-thirds of the movie I thought had interesting plot. It was that tail end that really tanked it for me where it was like this culmination of, oh, no, we're going back to doing the same old stuff. Why? Why can't we have an original thought? Solo was original. Rogue One was original. You can't tell me that you don't have writers on staff that can write something original. Because you have. You've had success with these things. Solo was a great movie and only tanked because of poor marketing and its quick release after The Last Jedi. That's the only reason. You talk to anyone on Twitter right now. Solo was fantastic. They love it. Everyone wants a Solo 2. Rogue One, incredible. No one has a bad thing to say about Rogue One from the people I've talked to. And I talk to a lot of people. I'm not saying I talk to everyone, but I talk to a lot of people. I've never seen a bad thing said about Rogue One in any serious conversation. So you guys have the capability to write original content that's good. The first half of the movie, you wrote good original content. Why can't we get the rest of the movie to be original? Anyway, off my soapbox. Uh, Overall (laughs) entertainment, Kevin, what did you give it? I gave it a 3.9. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that I have written down are are points that we've all already made. So I'll just hit some of the, the the highlights. I thought there was some, some solid dialogue. Um, One of my favorite scenes is always when Leia, I can't remember the guy's name, but she's talking to him and he's like, personal favor. Can you be positive? And he he goes, this is fantastic. You're not going to believe how good this is going to (laughs) be. I love that. That one always kills me. And then Poe, when they're like they're on Kajimi, and um, she's like, "You were a spice runner," and he's like getting mad. <laughs> you were were you a scavenger? We could do this all day. I, I was. I <laughs> you thought were that a storm You were a scavenger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I I want to bring up again how strong the opening was. Like it, all three yes. movies had really really good openings, um, and this one may have been the best. You had some something that was not present in the other movies, um, our callbacks to the prequel trilogy, and I felt like this movie had a few, uh, especially with Palpatine. We one I noticed in today when I watch it that I never noticed before. We got a, a do it out of him. Um, yes, yes, we did. Which it was cool. Yep, little things like that matter. Um, I gave it a four out of five. Okay. Close. Which I thought was a, yeah, it was it was a little generous for me, um, but I found myself at the end. Like I said, there were some emotional elements. I don't I don't tear up or cry on rewatches of movies. This movie brought me to that. I don't know if it's because of the the actors we've lost over time. I don't know if it's because I know this is the last time I'm going to see their faces. I don't know if it's because I relate to some of these characters differently than I did when I first watched it. But overall. I, I enjoyed the movie. It, it it was a decent movie. 
other than the ending. That was the only thing that I really had a lot of major issue with. Um, you know, the the one one key thing that I would like to point out that has been consistent through all three of these movies besides the effects is the humor, which a lot of people have said, you know, I don't know, sometimes it took me out of out of the movie, you know, yada, yada, yada. For me, I'm a humor guy. I love humor. Um, so, you know, especially when it comes to Poe. Poe was a very funny character. He was a character with attitude. Um, he was a character that said what was on his mind. And a lot of his interactions with other characters are fantastic. What was Dylan's final score for overall entertainment? So for overall entertainment, Dylan went with a three. And he hmm. said, I like this movie, and I definitely appreciate it more after watching it, but it feels like the changes they made from the original storyline make me wonder what could have been. I also felt like things seemed to move fast in certain areas and really slow in others, and too many, and too many questions were left unanswered. It's like Elijah Wood tweeted a few years ago to the Star Wars Holocron page, uh, no, how could we have known? This was in, this was in response to the Empire amassed how the Empire amassed a major army on Exegol. Mm. So, I guess I agree with that. I, I can't... I don't disagree with it. I don't see anything there that I'm like... I mean, the cohesion, you know, the more I've talked to people on Twitter about this, because we've had a lot of people respond to this post as well, and a lot of people have are like, you know, there are things that I enjoyed about it. There are things that I wasn't a fan of. And I think more so with Rise of Skywalker than with The Last Jedi. And I think they the, the common theme is the cohesion between the three movies once Rise of Skywalker hit is just that there isn't any. It's it's very disjointed. So kind of a kind of a miss there, disappointment. But I mean, overall, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, for me, this rewatch of all three movies changed some things for me because mm -hmm. I would have put, I would have put the Force Awakens first, mm -hmm. and I still would say so. Uh, I would have put the Rise of Skywalker second, and then the Last Jedi third. But I don't know if I would do that anymore. Um, I had real, I had real issues with the rise of Skywalker, this viewing I, again, like I keep saying, there were things that I really liked, um, but there was nothing that I felt neutral on, which is not normal for me. Normally, right. Like we've debated the last Jedi over and over again over the years. And the things that you hate, I'm kind of like, well, I get what you're saying, but I don't, it, it doesn't, doesn't really bother, bother you. That right. But with this, there were things that really bothered me. See, I, I, think you know where these movies stacked up against each other for me is exactly where i thought they would to some extent i knew force awakens was my favorite of the three um mm -hmm. rise of sky i mean i think there's enough of a gap between rise of skywalker and last jedi um to say that it wasn't really a close race between the three but this movie was not this time around viewing it just watching it to watch it I had a lot less criticism for it than I thought I was going to. You know, there are things that kind of made sense a little bit better. And I think, again, like I said before, part of that's just some of the books I've read and, you know, kind of filling in the plot here and there, things that, you know, background information. But I wasn't, I, I was, I was surprised. 
at how supportive I was at the movie at times where, you know, when I originally saw it, I was almost kind of fed up, you know, kind of what fans did with solo. I kind of did with rise of Skywalker. Like I was just like, all right, we're going to get through this movie and then we'll be done with it. We'll wrap up the sequel trilogy. I won't have to worry about it anymore. And like this viewing was a little bit different. It was more enjoyable for me than I think it was when I saw it in theaters. Um, Interesting. So what, what is your total score out of 25? My total score out of 25. You ready for this? Yes, I am. 18.9. Wow. What was last Jedi for you? Uh, I think it was like 19.7 or something wow. like that. See, my total score for rise of Skywalker was 19.5 out of 25. Okay. So uh, didn't break that 20 mark, but still not the worst score I've given by any means. It's the worst score I've given. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Last Jedi was Dylan, was definitely my worst. What's what does Dylan have for a total? Um seventeen point seven five. Mm. So I think to date my score for the last Jedi is the lowest score that has been given overall. What did you score? It was like sixteen something. So I gotta say something, Wade, that I think might be very surprising to you. I don't, I can't definitively say if I would put The Last Jedi over or under The Force Awakens. I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, no, Kevin. Week. No. Oh, that hurts. Come on, man. I know. Listen, if nothing else, Force Awakens has to take it because that was our thing. That was our movie. You can't tell me that Last Jedi, Kevin, this this whole thing, this whole podcast is over. If you're going to tell me that The Last Jedi, my least favorite Star Wars movie, is better to you than the only movie we've know, gotten man. to see in theaters together. I felt like I when I watched it last week, I, I actually understood it. I was not expecting, like, this is, this is a bigger twist than seeing Chewie die, not die in the shuttle. I, I'm flabbergasted right now. Listen, I'm not saying one way or another, but I'm saying I'm thinking about it. That that hurts. It, there shouldn't be a thought. Call me Han offering Ray a job. Oh. I'm thinking about it. All right, well. We'll have to have a couple of planning meetings before Bad Batch. <laughs> Am I fired? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. Maybe a demotion, but I don't think you're fired yet. How can I be demoted, Wade? I, I do a pod. I do this with you once a week, and I tweet a few times a week. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so my question of the day that I wanted to ask for this episode, because we haven't done a question of the day in a while. Yeah. What has been your favorite part of of doing this opinion series for all eleven movies? Oh, that's so easy. Um the different view that I, that I got with each one, like you watch them in, in such close succession and you really see it as one story as opposed to individual trilogies or, oh, I see what you're um, saying. you see what I mean? Yes. Like it, it's all part of one story and not, we have the, the OT, the uh, prequel trilogy, right? It's all one story. Now. Yes. We did have some time between, um, 
episode six and seven for us because of life, but it was, it's a headspace thing yeah. for me. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that for the, I tweeted about it yesterday. This was the first time I had really watched the sequels where I truly felt connected to those characters. Right. Like I got emotional too at that last hug at the end. Um, I, It'll get they, you, man. They felt, yeah, they, it felt like we had three, a trio and you know how, you know, we've argued about this because you, you want Chewie to be a part of it. I just, I feel like, I feel like the movies, each trilogy has a trio of the three, like, main, main characters. I'm not saying Chewie's not a main character. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> you hit me with the Last Jedi crap, and then you hit me with the Chewie stuff. I'm just seeing what I can get away with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that there's much more, man. My patience is this thin. I'm losing it. No, I, I absolutely love Chewie. If you... I'll, I'll even call out a few moments where I gave Chewie a lot of credit. Corellian trilogy. There was a scene when he was trying to get the kids out of Corellia. Doesn't exist. And Han, Han and Leia were not there. And he was an absolute badass flying the Falcon by himself, getting them out of there, and it worked. Doesn't exist. I thought, I thought he was hilarious in um, the opening scene, uh, or one of the opening scenes of Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Um, he is the highlight of the holiday special for me. So there are moments where I love Chewie. That's not saying much that he's the holiday or the highlight of the holiday special. That's not saying much at all, Kevin. <laughs> Listen, I'm Oof. trying to give, I'm trying to give credit. I love playing as Chewie in, in Lego Star Wars. Yeah. I love playing as Chewie in Battlefront 2. Yeah, that's so not too bad. I, I'm not. I'm not a pure hater. I just killing me. Well, my favorite part of doing all of this has actually been connecting with other fans. Um, it's been really, really cool to see other opinions. Um, you know, whether they are in agreement with me, disagreement with me, and how we kind of cross that bridge and you know avoid the the small but loud group of toxicity uh, influenced fans. Um, And it's been really, really neat to connect with these people um, and see their love for the films as a whole. It doesn't matter if it's prequel OT, um, you know, anthology films or the, the sequel trilogy. It doesn't matter. People love star Wars and they love to talk about their love of star Wars. And I would say like, 95 98% something like that uh, of the the feedback we've gotten in the conversations that we've had have been very respectful you know there there are like one or two people total who just like trashed on whatever they disliked or decided to put disney down and you know what what but i've heard a lot of good comments saying you know i didn't like these movies as much but we have to understand that it's a huge shift from Lucas having control to Disney. There are going to be growing pains. There are going to be these things that, you know, they, it's trial and error. You know, when you don't have Lucas at the helm, it, it's going to be trial and error to begin with. And I think that's something that we don't really think about up front. And I think there was a lot of fear about, you know, is Disney going to go the way that they did with Marvel and just start mass producing? So I get some of that. But... You know, 
as I as I pointed out with a couple of others, Disney has a, a very very good capability of writing uh, enjoyable, entertaining, and quality Star Wars content. We've seen that with a couple of the movies. We've seen that with uh, a lot of the shows, uh, both animation and live action. So it's not that they can't write compelling stories. Um, it's just some miss and some hit. Um, and with different fans. And that's one of the things we have to realize at the end of the day is everyone comes from a different walk of life. Everyone's got a different viewpoint on the world. You know, how they their, their worldview is all different. It's shaped by their circumstances, how they were raised, whatever they're going through. There's so many different viewpoints. And so you're going to have people that are going to like things and dislike things. And I think as long as we can be respectful towards one another with those opinions, we're good to go. So that was, that was my favorite part by far of this was, yeah. was definitely connecting with other fans, making a lot of friends through this. I've seen it too. Like I, I don't really connect on social media the same way that you do. Right. I mean, I like to have some conversations here and there and make my tweets and whatnot, but um, it, I, it's definitely not the same way that you do, but I watch it, you know, like I, I pay attention to the conversations that you have and I see, I see them and, it's a, it is nice to see because for a while it didn't really feel like that was possible right. within the fandom. It was, I'm going to talk to the people that like what I like and, and everybody else, they can exist in their corner. Yep. And I'm happy to see that that's not, not always the case. Yeah. We definitely have, have figured out a way to, to cross those bridges uh, without stepping on other people's toes or just giving them a middle finger and saying, you stay over yeah. there in your corner, I'll stay over here in mine, and we're never going to, you know, interact. Talk. And it's like, no, that's not how we do things. We're not doing that crap mm-hmm. anymore. Um, so, yeah, that, it, it's been a fun series. I, I want to do something like this. You know, obviously we've got Bad Batch Season 3 coming out this next week. So that's uh, that's a thing. And I'm very much looking forward to it. But I'd like to do something like this with shows at some point. For yeah, sure. I don't think in the same capacity, and I don't think we'll try to get through them all at the same time, you know, back to back. But something like this, I think just taking an episode and talking about, you know, season one of Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi show, you know, stuff like that. Break some of that down and kind of talk about our feelings on it. Yep. That would be fun. So... Uh, as always, make sure to hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. Send us a, an email at recordsoftherepublic at gmail.com. Uh, send in those Bad Batch bingo sheets. We want yes. to get some Bad Batch bingo sheets. We've got a few days left. By the time this episode drops, uh, you'll have like three or four days left to get those in before the episode premiere. So get those turned in. We are super excited about Bad Batch. Um, been talking a lot about that. I'm, I've been working through my rewatch. I just finished season one and started season two at like three or 4 AM when I'm feeding the baby, that kind of thing. So <laughs> I'm, I'm piece by piece getting through these seasons so that I can be ready to go. I'm not excited to watch the ending of season two again, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> As always, may the force be with you and remember this is the way. <laughs>